and welcome back to another edition of Kent and the Steering Team. Once again, joined by myself, Phil, and my good mate, Drew. Unfortunately, Kent can't be with us today. He's actually off traveling uh, the world, the universe, and everything in it. Um, anyway, on with the show. Uh, as you'd probably be aware after last week's one, or if you're listening to this in complete random order, as you do with podcasts, um, you'd have no idea what's going on. But essentially, I'm not here. And Drew is on his own. He doesn't have to record a podcast on his own because that's not fun. Um, so what we're doing is like the episode before this one, which you've probably not seen because... Oh, sorry, heard because, well, you, again... You definitely haven't seen it. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Well, again, you might not have heard it because, again, listening out of uh, out of sequence, um, is we did the top ten. We did our top ten of movies, and now this week we're going to do our top ten of television shows. Television shows. Mm. Mm. And just before we get to that, I just want to say, Drew, how are you? Philip, I still don't have a rhyme to respond with. I am good though. I am, I am very good. I have sampled your delicious soup now. So. Yes, I made soup. I made soup for dearest Svenja, um, young Mr. Brychie, and uh, Drusephine and myself. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was. It went well, thankfully. Didn't kill anyone. Some chicken soup for the soul. Exactly. Hardy soup. Hardy soup. Soup. Yes. Anyway, on with the show. And on with the show. Now, last time I started with the list. So oh, Drew, you're going to inflict this on me, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, okay. Drew. Okay. Starting with our top 10 of our favorite television shows, starting with number 10, Drew. Go for it. Number 10. I've got an oldie but a goodie. Mash. Now, for those of you that have lived under a rock your whole life, MASH was the show about the Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, the 4077 MASH unit, set through the Korean War. Ironically, the show lasted a lot longer than the actual war did. Which is hilarious. Yeah, well, the war ran for two to three years. The show ran for 11 years. That's impressive. It is. Look, it makes my top 10 for a number of reasons, but... More than anything, I grew up with this show. I grew up with my my parents loving it, and I learned a lot about my love of comedy from it. I learned a lot about life from it, really, and it's been it's been a bit of an influence. And I couldn't not have it on this list. Anyway, over to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Number well, ten. Mash. Thank you. Yeah, Mash always reminds me of uh, something that my grandfather from Norway, whenever he used to come out to Australia, he used to sit and watch Mash, and I used to just be like, "Can we watch something else?" Uh, anyway, my number ten. My number ten. I have to change that for you. Okay, my number ten is uh, Australian cult classic, uh, Kath and Kim. Ooh, lovely choice. Kath and Kim squeaks in at number ten. Um, oh, so quotable and so relevant to us in Australia it's just hilarious um I you know it, it's hard to nail down what my favorite element of that show is but I it's all like I, I just have nothing but adoration and love for that show and the it's understandable yeah yeah I, and and yeah just so well done I mean it, it is such a thorough detailed job and it just kind of has a crack at everything um to do with Australian life in, in kind of inner west, or not inner west, um, inner city or, or suburban living. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. So, you know, it, it gets my, my my vote for a moment in the top 10. So that is number 10 
for me. What is your number nine? Number nine, Drew? What's yeah, your number we're, nine? We're powering through very quickly already. Mm. Number nine. Look, honestly, I needed some form of Joss Whedon show in my top ten. I'm sad to report that there could only be one. And I'm sure many of you will argue this one, but it's not actually Firefly. It is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. I was only introduced to this show within the last two years and I powered through it and realized I had been missing out on one of the most amazing shows of the last 20 to 30 years. And yeah, I... Have you watched it? Never. Never watched an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I always got... I used to get that confused with Charmed. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it always just reminded me of the same sort of similar vein, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it was that whole 90s sort of supernatural show yeah. with, a, with a female lead. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I could see that. And it wasn't squeaky like Sabrina was. Mm. Yeah. Look, Buffy, it, well worth the watch. Joss Whedon is in his element. And I truly believe the show was and still is very much ahead of its time. Okay. Do you have a favourite episode? Ooh. And in fact, do you have a favourite episode of MASH as well? A favourite episode? I think I do have a favourite episode of Buffy, and it was the musical episode. What was it called? Once More with Feeling. Wow. Wow. Okay. Very good episode. Um, favourite episode of MASH? Jeez. I don't know. 11 seasons and over 200 episodes. I... Oof. I really love the final episode of the show. It's like it, it's like a two-hour episode. It's a movie. Mm. But there is so much impact to it. And it has to wrap up 11 years of the show in a very short time. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That and anything from the first three seasons, really. Okay, okay. Yeah. My number nine is... Uh the is a reality show it's uh, survivor survivor <laughs> is on the list i love survivor it is the i am not even surprised it is the the king of all reality tv shows um it it it's the ultimate kind of competition of putting your body through um you know the difficulties and 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 the the pain and suffering of being out there in the cold wet um without proper clothing, without proper supplies, without enough food. And then there's physical challenges that go on with it as well. And then from there, then there's also the psychological element of it as well, of trying to survive um, immediate challenges, uh, sorry, uh, it will, um, tribal councils and having to, you know, really plead your case if you're on the chopping block. And then when it gets to the very end, the fact that the people that are going to vote to see if you win are the people that you have very well, if you are such a strong player in the game, have sent packing. So you have to try and get them to overcome their anger towards you and realize that you played a great game. So because of that, I think that Survivor is is just the ultimate in reality television show. It's 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 the the, the real real deal. You know, for a I while think. for a while there, it sounded like you were also describing the Biggest Loser. No, the Biggest Loser is just <laughs> an absolute kind of steaming pile of garbage okay 
Well, it's very hard to ask you if you have a favourite episode of Survivor. I mean, you might. I have a favourite season of Survivor. I that's that's a little more think, relevant. Yeah? I think it's season 26. There's a police officer named Tony on it um, who just uh, plays the most unbelievable game. Um, he, he, after the show, apparently spent most nights staying up thinking about how to undo any sort of comments he made during the day before and what he would do the following day to get by. And he did that for every single time. He got got by the game on about two hours of sleep every night because most of the time he was just up strategizing through the night on his own, lying there looking up at the stars, trying to work out what to do next. Um, Or anything to do with Russell Hance, who is, uh, I think, in the running for the one of the people that you love to hate the most. He is, I think, the ultimate survivor player i think i think he has to get that crown as well because he played just flawless games whenever he was on there uh, except for his for his final season when he got completely undone by boston rob uh who then went on to appear on amazing race as well with his wife amber who they met on survivor oh the um, irony well do you do you have a favorite season and episode with kath and kim uh, kath and kim that's I season, know it's hard. season one and two probably is is, is yeah. the, the best of it. Yeah. Um, favorite episode though, I don't I don't think there's a favorite episode specifically. Um, I don't know about you, but with, when I watch Kath and Kim, I, f- I feel like when I think about it, all the episodes blend into each other. Exactly. There's no real separation yeah um, i mean they do i think i think one of the ones the most memorable ones is when um uh kim is thought to be gay um <laughs> and she's hanging out with sharon they decide to start playing golf and everything like that and kath just gets incredibly concerned with 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 her being gay and so then she goes out and learns everything to do with homosexuality and all that and Kim's just conf- completely confused by what her mum's thinking Drew yeah. yes this brings you on to you and uh, number eight number eight well number eight is a a product of our teenage years the the ever fantastic the OC ah California here we come yep right back where we Started from. Oh, you finished it. Yeah. This is what happens when we record in the same room. Yes. Which we're doing, <laughs> if you hadn't noticed. Yes. Um, the OC. Four seasons of awesome. Told mm. the um, told the wonderful story of troubled youth Ryan Atwood as he was taken from a bad situation by his uh, court-appointed lawyer and taken in by said lawyer and his family out of out of the sticks and into Orange County, California. Ah, uh, but Sandy into uh, Sandy Cohen, New- Newport Beach. Mm. Yeah, good old Sandy Cohen. Um, man, what a show! It it had such an impact when it was out. Do you remember? I, I do, and I'd see the the OC. I always viewed like it was a little bit crap, but I loved it. I, I personally viewed it as a little bit crap, but I loved it. Do you still um, view it as a little bit crap, or yeah, a little bit crap, but I love it. I okay. do view it as that, but yeah. but but it tackled some big issues, and it also it did, um, didn't it? and it also kind of it had an interesting story. I loved I loved the story, and I mm. followed it so closely. And I remember the first season when it was on TV in two thousand four. Yeah, I missed half of it because I went overseas. Um, no, 
Yeah, so I didn't get to finish the first season. But when I got uh-huh. back, obviously because back then you couldn't really get access to all that sort of stuff yeah, on of demand. Course. It was years before I could go back and rewatch it again. So yeah, but I, I did. I finally did, and I've watched it through a couple of times now. The uh, the OC. Oh, I, yeah, it's it's a wonderful show, and I think the fact that it only has four seasons makes it feel somewhat immortal because it didn't drag on. Yeah, it did a great job of, of that, didn't it? Just kind well, of finishing. Well, I mean, they were kind of scrambling because mm. they they had a serious shakeup to the cast within the third season where you lose one of your lead actors who's decided to leave the show mm. and and it completely throws the show into chaos and they they knew they couldn't survive it so they found a way to use the fourth season to wrap up the entire show quite nicely in a boat which was very nice it was a very nice kind of it, finish and it worked it made sense and it on, didn't feel like a cheated ending it felt no, like a proper yeah, ending yeah, yeah. You, you don't feel cheated at all god as for a favorite season season three I think season two. Yeah, I can see season that. Season two is my favorite. I can, I can see that. Especially that the start, um, towards the start of the season when, when everything's kind of just a bit thrown into dismay or disarray, sorry, from the, the, the end of the first season. Yeah. Everyone's kind of in a different place to where they should be. And it shows the effects on what Ryan had on, on all of them. Mm. And yeah, the, the change in where all and of them are. And it forces yeah. this massive course correction over the entire yeah, season. exactly. I think that's probably why I love season three so much because... They've had their course correction and now they can start leading the lives they're meant to lead. Mm-hmm. But then obviously, given the kind of melodrama that it is, there has to be a complication in mm-hmm. there. Favorite episode. I have four favorite episodes and I bet you know which four they are. Mm-hmm. No, go. I know here. The Chris McCarr episodes. Okay, all four of them. All four of them. Pro- <laughs> all four okay, of them. Probably the number one would be the season three one. The Chris McCarr Bar Mitzvah because aside from having the most epic television episode name of all time, it was just a, a genuinely wonderful episode. Mm-hmm. Ryan having an honorary bar mitzvah to raise money for Johnny's surgery. <sighs> <laughs> There's so much wrong with it, and yet it's such a fun episode. I, I think my favorite episode of the OC, uh, the episode where it all kind of comes to a massive front with the two um two brothers when, when the brothers kind of trey and, and ryan face each other yeah I remember. uh is that the brothers grim i can't remember there's an episode called the brothers uh, but yeah i think that was it yeah yeah that one that episode or the final episode of season three a big yeah episode. that was a that was a hit episode that was wow i remember that smash channel 10's ratings yeah when it, yeah when it was here yeah exactly channel 10 just they, they, they used to have it they knew how to market it because they had that and didn't they have one tree hill at the same time they did and, and i remember yeah. being confused by what was <laughs> they, what. they used to play them back to back and and it was so hard because both shows brought in famous musos to mm. play within the show Especially the OC. The OC had Fallout Boy on there. They had the Killers on there. Um, there's another one or two that were some. There were some big names that they just went, played that in, the, in, the, in the heard. Beach Shack. Remember? Yeah. 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 And that was the first time I heard the, the song um, or the remake of Forever Young. Yes. Yeah. Um, the creators yeah. of the, the show discovered the. The cover of Alphaville's Forever Young, performed by North Sydney band Youth Group. Mm. 
And that was that they used that for that entire season as their yep. advertising song here in Australia. Yeah, for the OC. All because it played one episode, mm. and they did the same thing with um, with One Tree Hill with Maroon 5's "She Will Be Loved," <laughs> yeah. which played one episode. I and remember it just went on and on. I, and I remember the moment in that episode where it played, and it was so. You're like, oh, cool! It suits the scene. Wait, they've they've spent weeks advertising based on that. My favorite use of music in the OC has got to be um, Imogen Heaps. Uh, what what is it? What's the song? Hide and seek. Uh, hide and seek. Yep. <laughs> that's got to be that's going to be my favorite use of, of a song. Um, There's some great ones in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so I I love that that entry, but it's not my number eight. No. What is your number? My eight? number eight is All Aussie Adventures. Come on and hit the road. <laughs> All Aussie Adventures. Um, yeah, look. Uh, it is, though. It, it has to be. It has to have a spot in my top ten. It's iconic. Because I, I I was thinking about this earlier on, and I was like, it's not in there, and Kath and Kim is, and <laughs> yeah. it's got to be. Because I've watched it so many times, again and again and again, and there's so many just little quirky things. Again, nostalgia. Also, just it's just hilarious. Again, the way he... The zoom in on, on handshakes... <laughs> And they just, they're completely not even holding hands. Or it's the wrong hand. It's the wrong hand or, yeah, he just, whenever he has a guest on there and they don't do what he wants them to do and he like, he's asking for them to to tell an interesting story and they kind of just ramble on again and again and again. He just kind of tries to wrap them up and he's just so uninterested in everything, but he's trying so hard. Or his bush shower falling on him. (laughs) (laughs) Or him making his homemade stool and the, the, the seat falling off and him sitting down on the, 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 the stick. And stalling, up. stalling the Jeep. Or destroying someone's car when he goes to help them. He always yep. ruins their car. And better than that, we're actually pleased to be able to say that Channel 10 finally made the announcement that we are getting the new season soon. Amen. Finally. We've been did, they, waiting. did they put a date on it? Not No. no we, we've been waiting 18 months. Yeah. Since the first remember? announcement. Oh, and and the fact that it didn't come out last year and then everyone was kind of like, where is it? And they're like, oh, we decided to hold it back and use it for next year. And then we heard nothing at the start of this year and we're finally starting to hear about it. So, yeah, we're very excited for that. Um, I would say a favorite episode. I can't remember what season it's in, but it, but he has a whole bunch of German or, or foreign tourists with him on his All Aussie Adventures tour. And... Uh, <laughs> He constantly nails one of them in the eye with corks or something. Always hits yep. one of them in the eye. There's one person that always knows more than he does. Yep. And then there's the, the, the chick that he's always trying to hit on and everyone else just follows along so he can't get a moment alone with her. <laughs> that one or the one with the young people. Yeah. He's with the youths and the, the troubled youths from the city. Uh, yeah, but I I love all those adventures so much, so it, it's got to have a spot. And, and celebrity challenge, yeah, oh, the celebrity challenge as well, of course. <laughs> that that one that came after the run of the show. Uh, um, but excellent. I've I've watched it so much on on repeat, like just it's so easy to watch. Yeah, it's just so easy to watch, and it's so funny every time. There's always something that makes you laugh, and either reminisce or just laugh at for the first time that you haven't noticed or something like that. So it's it's always always a win for me. All those adventures. Alrighty, moving right along. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we at? Number seven. Number seven. Uh, you'll be personally very pleased with this one. So, um, coming in at number seven, The Office. Yeah. Now I have cheated here, and you are aware of this. Mm-hmm. I have put the UK and the US versions together here. Mm-hmm. 
My reasoning behind that is that I, I think that while they're both very individual shows, they are also kind of the same show. Mm-hmm. They're the same concept, the same creator. It just beside and season one of both shows is identical. Same. But if you can look past season one of the US version, which you did tell me to do, yep. then you're in for an absolute treat. One of the sharpest comedies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I, I love it. I love the concept. I love the execution, whether it's the UK or the US version. They are brilliant. My, I still prefer the UK version, probably because I watched it first. Mm-hmm. That that would play into it. But I do love British comedy a mm-hmm. lot, so that also would have a, a strong impact. But it's so, you can see that it's influenced a lot of other programs over the years. Mm. Um, favorite episodes, uh, both the British and the US. Well, within the British one, the the final, the the Christmas special. Yeah, because that was everyone was feeling so robbed until we got that Christmas special, and it wrapped it up perfectly. Mm. It everyone got their the ending they deserved, whatever form that took. As for the US one, I haven't finished it yet. I've still got a few episodes left. I don't know what my favourite episode would be. I know. I have two. It's bloody hard. I... I don't know. I liked Date Night Michael. That was was excellent. (laughs) Cringeworthy, but excellent. With his stupid hat. Date Mike with... And the button... The unbuttoned shirt. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's so hard. And because I've watched it all so quickly, a lot of it's blended into each other. Yep. So I am struggling there. I don't know. I've loved all of it. I have cherished every moment of it. And I still am. It's been... It's been an absolute blast. I'm glad. I I won't say my favourite episode there because... You know, it might very well be on this list. Uh, number seven for me is Dexter. Mr. Dexter. Hello, Dexter Morgan. Uh, the way John Lithgow says that. Um, Dexter, Dexter is when it first appeared on Australian televisions, um, I think back in 2009, 2008. Yeah, it, it, it was something else. And if the fact that the main character is a killer... The main, the fact that the main character is a little bit weird and a little bit unusual and what, what not. Year? 2008, it was, was it? here. 2008, 2009, I think it was here. Dexter. 2006. Yeah, when did it first air in Australia? The same time. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. 2006. I was just thinking, I was like, I, I watched that from the beginning. 2006. Because I remember 2009 watching it. Yeah, it must have been 2006 yeah. then. Wow, that was a long time ago. It was. Um, I didn't think it was that long ago. But wow, okay. Um, yeah, Dexter, when it first aired here, and the fact that the main character is a, psych- a psychopath or a serial killer, and he's, you know, mostly unlikable for who he is, yet he's just so calm and so nonchalant about everything and so cool and... Nothing's ever an issue, and if it is an issue, he'll solve it in his own way, and he gets the job done, and he just... Yeah, he, he's a perfectionist, and I I love... I love it. And the theme song, even. What a start to an episode it is to hear that theme song. 
Um, dum, 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 you know, I, yeah, it's it's ba-dum. it earns its place here because for such a long time it was such a quality show for such a long time. A um, little bit unhappy with the last couple of seasons of it, um, but the first four I think make up for it entirely because it's just such a strong. Um, strong show it was yeah it was fantastic the whole reason it's not on my list is literally the last two episodes yeah which it, are which unforgivable it's unforgivable I, as a Dexter fan but I can't look past that I'm still mad to this day I remember the first time I watched that finale and went no this isn't my show yeah I was you have, you have gone and ruined one of my favourite shows everyone knew there was one ending and yet we got something completely different that was not it and, and the only way they can repair it is to go back and do another season. Yeah. And they've all said that they would be happy to do so. Which they better bloody do. Um, yeah, so, but Dexter earns its way. I, it, it still had such an impact on me for such a long time that mm. it, it earned, earned, earned its spot in my top ten at number seven. Alrighty. Number seven. Alright, we're down to number six now. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm glad you do. I hope the listeners do. The X-Files, number six. Um, Big fan of Mulder and Scully and their search for the truth. It's amazing that the show had run as long as it did, that it continued when David Duchovny left, and it still managed to reel in an audience for two more seasons. Wow, he left two years before the end. He left two years before the end and sort of sporadically, like, he's still a plot point. Mm. He's still technically there when he's not, but he left to pursue his film career. He then came back for the final episode. And then several years later, they went and did the second movie as a standalone. And then they brought the show back and the show has had another two seasons. So we're now complete for the time being at 11 seasons. Which is impressive. I think I've only ever seen one of the movies. Do you remember? The one where um, Scully gets stung by bees or something like that. First movie. Okay, that one. That's all I've ever seen. Yep. Good movie. Really good movie. And you can watch it without watching the show. Yeah, that's why I I enjoyed it. But but it's weird. It's like a longer version of the show. And and it is actually very critically tied into the Mm. plot because it takes place between two seasons and bridges them. I've been meaning to watch it, though, because I've always wanted to watch it. It's... Uh, I've always loved sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And this show absolutely pegs it. I also have a fascination with aliens. And again, Amen. it just... It does everything you want it to do in a show. The chemistry between Duchovny and Anderson is incredible. The writing is amazing. And it shepherded a lot of good writers and directors that would go on to do a lot of shows that we watch now. Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan got his start doing episodes of The X-Files, writing and directing. I still think from an absolute dip- diplomatic point of view, um, Breaking Bad's got to be one of the best shows ever created because it has a great start, middle and end and it's just so complete. So I view it as almost the perfect show. You say that and... Just don't say anything more because I haven't finished it. No, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> I won't say anything more. I am I'm keen to get to the end of that show. It's just I've hit this point where I can't continue for some reason. Oh, Jesus. 
It's this bogged down middle section that I just can't just get through past. it. Get I'm through it. At I'm all trying. I'm trying. All right. But yeah, that's my number six. Oh, season and episode. Ooh, blah, blah. Um, probably something out of the first couple of seasons would have been my favorite. One of the one of the creepier. Of course, of course. Early episodes. I, I didn't do my favorite for uh, Dexter. It's got to be the last two episodes of season four. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm with you. Yep. By Country Mile. I, I will actually second that. Yeah. I loved that. Hello, Dexter Morgan. I think is the second last episode. I think that's what it's called. Yep. And then the last episode in all its brutality. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. No, I think I might have a favorite X-Files episode. Mm-hmm. And that's from season 10, oddly enough. Wow. Mulder and Scully versus the Monster, which had an incredible turn from guest star Reese Darby. Okay. Wow. Who absolutely stole the show. Stole the season. Stole the season. Another reason for you to watch the show. I know. I will watch it. I want to watch it. I really do. Uh, For me, number six is Game of Thrones. Ooh. Game of Thrones is a great show. And I think half the, or more than half the world would say Game of Thrones is, well, actually probably about half the world, would say Game of Thrones is just fantastic and, and, you know, the best thing of all time. Yeah, it, Game of Thrones is fantastic. Both I haven't read the books, but I'm, I'm guessing if they're as fantastic as the TV show, then the TV show too. The thing I like about Game of Thrones, the TV show, is that it breaks all these barriers that have not been in other TV shows in terms of the violence and the who gives a shit about the main character kind of thing. It's a typical HBO show, though. Yeah, like... They, the, they did the same thing with The Sopranos and Six Feet Under. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, that is true. Uh, they... Yeah, it doesn't matter about... If you like them, if, if you hate them, um, if you want them around, if you don't want them around, they all play a role. Everyone plays a role. And you never know who is going to be there at the end. You never know who's going to be there in contention. You never know who's going to, you know, mm. make the smart move. You don't know who's smart, who's stupid. You don't know who... It's all just... just It's all random. And I love it so much for that reason. And it... It's so nice to kind of go through it after watching things that are really structured and other TV shows that are really, you know exactly what's going to happen and it's going to play out the way you want it to play out or it's not going to play out the way you want it to play out. And then you get to Game of Thrones and you can't pick it. Now that we're getting towards the end of it, you can kind of start to shape things and see where it's going to go. And Especially after that last season finale. Yeah, exactly. I'm almost getting concerned that it's going to have a fairy tale ending. I, I really don't want it to. But I'm a I little think, scared of that too. Now. But I but I think it might now that the show's overtaken the books, especially. However, they were always said that they only had permission to to write the book because George R. R. Martin asked them, if you can correctly guess where the it's going to end, then you can make it. And they they worked it out and got it. And he went, okay, go for it. So for that reason, I think that we're still in with the good shot at this so i'm i'm very yeah. excited though but i love it i really really love it and i i would happily go back and rewatch it again i've watched it through i think about three times now Jeez. um yeah yeah both times showing friends wow. or watching it with friends to get them to, to the end to, i've watched yeah. it through the once yeah i love it it's That's, um uh... happily the best thing is when you go back and watch it again you go you always learn something new and it's great though and also you have a completely different opinion of these people now it's like the people that have read the books yeah then watching it they have an opinion of the people already whereas you have no idea i remember the first episode i had to watch it through twice because i had no idea what the hell was happening and who anyone was because they just threw you straight into there yeah i've seen if, the first episode a couple of yeah, times because you're just kind of meant to know yeah. what the hell's going on you have no idea but uh favorite episode 
<sighs> the Red Wedding or the Purple Wedding. I can't remember the episode names, but it's... Yeah, those two episodes. If you I, watch the show, I, I like know. the Red Wedding. Oh, yeah. You're right. We're halfway through our list. We are. Um, I'll take a minute while we're halfway to explain why we're doing this, aside mm. from the obvious we're covering for the fact that you are not in the country mm-hmm. right now. Um, but more, more than that, we love our movies. We love our shows. And really, in this day and age, shows have taken on this this presence that they had not had for you know 40 years they're more than a, they're often more than a movie now yeah which they never used to be and they, and they refer to this now as the golden age of television or, mm. or the second golden age of television the first being in in the 50s and 60s and now we're at that point again and you'll you'll notice a lot of the shows that we're talking about are, are long format shows because they're telling such a mm. long complete story and we'll we'll get onto more of that as we continue down our list because there's at least one show on the list that had a big influence on that, and we'll talk about that a little further. But yeah, we love our shows. We watch a lot of shows together. We watch a lot of shows, and then we find ourselves messaging about it, going, "Oh, did you watch this? Mm. Holy crap! Yeah, I can't believe that happened this week." And it's exciting. It's it's the sort of thing where years ago. At work, people would stand around the water cooler and talk about it. And it's something that brings people together. They have this shared love of something that entertains them, but they don't necessarily have to experience it within the same room. They can they can watch it at home and then get together the next day and talk about it. And then if it's episodic, they mm. can have a whole week to talk about it again. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's it is. part this... of what makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. Any... Anyway, um, moving into number five, Scrubs. Oh, Scrubs. It's my second medical comedy on the list. And Scrubs, you can see a lot of the influence that came out of shows like MASH that went into this one. But interestingly enough, um, we, we have all these different medical comedies and dramas on television, but... A number of doctors and nurses over the years had been asked about what was the most accurate portrayal of their lives on television. They've all said Scrubs. Mm. Not Grey's Anatomy. No, Scrubs no. is or Scrubs or anything like that. It's yeah. comfortably. Scrubs takes the cake. And I, do you remember when it first came out and it was just mm. this screwball comedy that yeah. was on television and you'd, you'd go, What? I, I remember I was very young and so were you when it came out. I, I remember my parents trying to give it a bit of a go and they, they found it funny, but they didn't really sit through too much mm. of it. And then a couple of years went by and I started buying DVDs and I, I went and bought the first season of Scrubs and I never looked back. Next, next thing I knew, I was watching every week a new episode religiously. I'd be getting the box sets when they came out and... I loved it. I still love it to this day. I've watched that show through maybe five or six times I've at least. I've never watched it through, but I've, I've tried to, but I know I really need to get back into doing it. It's, it's great. It's good fun. I, I actually really want to do it again soon. Unfortunately, my copy of season one is with someone else. Oops. Yep. Oops. We know who that is. We do indeed. And they've not bothered watching it. They need to watch it. And give it back. But watch it first. Watch it first. I don't want it back until you've watched it. 
favorite episode or season? Uh, or, I think you know mine. Uh, season two is my favorite season, followed by season eight. Uh, favorite episode aside from the finale. I like finales a lot. If if that wasn't obvious, finales are great though. Then they are great. They are. I also love my musical, the episode where the woman hits her head and hears everyone in song. And sometimes I find myself in the car driving to work singing those songs from that episode. Um, I also love the heartbreaking Ben episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that is something that just. I think it sticks with everyone that watches it. What's your season and episode? I don't know the season, but um, my ABC. Season eight. And that that actually is another one of my absolute top episodes. So when ABC acquired Scrubs from NBC, which makes perfect sense, by the Mm. way, ABC made the show. Mm. So... Yeah, that's, that's a funny one. Yeah. So they, they acquired it when NBC cancelled it. They went ahead and did a crossover with another of their properties, Sesame Street. And they had the Muppets appearing on Scrubs, the Sesame Street Muppets. It's such a sad episode as well, though. It was. It, it was an exceptionally such a sad real episode. hit, that episode. And, yeah. And what really drove the point home was the very stirring rendition of the Sesame Street theme as sung by Joshua Radden, mm-hmm. a a frequent musical contributor to Scrubs and good personal friend of Zach Braff. It was a great song. I loved it. I loved it at that song. I still need to try and find I'm, it. You don't have it. No, I used to. It's on my iPod, which is sitting on this desk somewhere. Interesting. Uh, number five. Number five. You. Number five is Burnotus. I've oh, seen yes. Burnotus through, geez, three to five times um i love it so much i've seen uh, i sat my parents down and we watched it as well and that was great fun as well it's it uh burnotis i think is the last show besides game of thrones i guess where um we still get around as a family to watch it or we got around as a family to watch it you know normally it's like you watch everything individually and when you can yeah burnotis when I got them to watch it was, yeah, that, that show again. And, um, not just for that reason, but also because I love it so much. And that's why I wanted to show them it is in this list. I love Bernardo so much. Um, there's not much to it. It's a small sort of cast. It's a summer series. It's meant to be fun, but it's also interesting. It's kind of got that MacGyver style to it where it's, um, this ex spy who is, you know, out of a job and he's now in Miami and he's just kind of applying his, uh, his trade to, um, you know, being a vigilante kind of style person, um, dealing with small issues that the police won't look at and stuff like that and, and getting by that way. But it's good. It's good fun. You, you hear some interesting things. They, they were good enough to try and consult with, um, ex FBI agents and, and, um, CIA agents about, you know how things work and what they'd actually do so they say in a very nonchalant way as a as a voiceover throughout the show on what they're doing but often it's it's very real stuff but yeah a great light-hearted show um great casts the way they all get along a little bit i almost liken it to the tv version of uncharted set in miami the game uncharted of course which i love so much um yeah great great dynamic so for that reason it's my number five favorite episode I don't have a favorite season, favorite episode though. It's got to be along the lines of anytime, 
anytime uh, th- there's an episode where Michael plays this uh, this gentleman uh, in a very suave black suit with a red a dark red t-shirt on or, or a cherry red tele- uh, t-shirt on and he goes in and plays what these uh, Latinos believe is the devil because he comes in and whenever he clicks his fingers a bomb goes off and also one of my favorite episodes is such a small one uh, I can't remember what it's called and I can't really describe it but the reason why I love it so much it's regardless uh, it's it's irrelevant what ep- what it is it is the episode but the reason I love it so much is because it was the first episode that I actually watched when it was on TV. I used to just be like, "Ugh, this bloody show is in the way of my motorsport, or it's taking up, or it's mean, meaning the next thing I'm trying to watch is late." And I finally just stopped and watched this episode, and was like, "This is fantastic!" And I loved it so much that I'd always try and catch it. Um, little did I know that it was just a, a, re- a repeat, and it was on at a random time, and. There weren't any more episodes, so I went and found it some other way, and I've since watched it through many, many times. But that's my number five. Your number four. My number four, indeed. My number four is the sci-fi classic Doctor Who. Very nice. I'm not going to do the whistle. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, yeah, Doctor Who. I, I remember when I was very young... I'd some I'd often sit up late at night watching TV when I should have been asleep, and at about eleven o'clock at night, the ABC would play reruns of old old Doctor Who, and it was interesting. And I'd watch little bits of it, and you know, and then years later they revived the show, and I didn't watch it at first. It took a few friends going, oh, no, no, you got to watch it. I was like, oh, I haven't watched that for a long, long time. So I, I went, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And I got right back into Doctor Who out of nowhere. And it was great. And he's, hi- he's holding up signs at me. It's awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's hard to talk and, and read. You could have just pointed. I did see. Okay, I'm sorry. I know, but we're having fun. I know. Get it's okay me. to do long episodes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, I got back into it and it's it's been wonderful. I like that they don't oversaturate it with a ton of episodes per season. Mm-hmm. That you have just enough that it leaves you hungry for more episodes. And the fact that they change the Doctor every few seasons keeps the show fresh. They change the companions. They change the Doctor. There's always a constant turnover. Because really, you're watching it to see what sort of situations the Doctor's going to get into. And it's far more interesting to watch the villains remain somewhat the same. When, when you've got a pool of so many villains or so many different creatures or races for the Doctor to interact with... And then have the different doctors interacting with them all. It's almost that uh, it, they're doing the, the great thing that British shows do, which is not to overdo something. I guess it's that idea that the, and, the faulty towers method. Yeah, which it's staggering how quotable that show is, and there's only so few episodes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, they're doing that thing. They're they're giving people more and more and more because that's what they want. But yep. they're they're keeping it fresh, which is great. They're very smart about it. And I, I always find it exciting to watch. And it's always been a very, the show has challenged a lot of things in the world. And I, I feel like they're trying to do it again now by moving into having a female doctor. And I look forward to seeing that as for favorite season and episode. Um, do, 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 I, I don't know. I love season seven. 
I really do. Not a lot of people do. I, I know that for a fact. I've got a lot of friends that are Whovians who don't like it. But for me, it was quite a win. I liked the last episode of that season a lot because it went into a cliffhanger that spun into all the stuff to do with the 50th special. The episode was called The Name of the Doctor. And I, I find it to be quite a confronting episode. And it's really interesting. The other favorite episode is a big fan favorite of, um, for everyone. Blink. Which I am going to make you watch very, very... You know what? We might watch it after this. I've just decided we might watch that episode. It is a complete standalone episode. You don't need any other knowledge of Doctor Who. You just need to watch this episode. It's funny you said that because I've not seen a single second of Doctor Who in my entire life. And we're going to change and that. And I've always tried to avoid it because I don't care about it. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, we'll see because that does that episode which you've described before on it's, the show does sound interesting. It is a very... Uh, terrifying episode anyway your number four number four is top gear Woo! now of course this is top gear up until the point where clarkson hammond and may left the show because after that i think it was total scrap um you want to watch it with matt leblanc no not not at all uh no i don't have an issue against him it's just i don't i don't want to watch the show anymore it's stupid um look top gear is terrific it it's the car show that set the world alight the fact that so many people watch it and might not have an interest in cars even, but still watch it. Um, it created an interest in cars that yeah, wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and these guys, the show was never meant to be the most popular and it became like the highest rated show on, on BBC Two and, and UK television for a while. And it was the yeah. most downloaded show of all time besides... Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones now surpassed that, yeah. And... Uh, what to say about Top Gear? These guys have fun. They're with their mates and just fooling around. It, it's great, though. It's hilarious. Their little shitty comments and their 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 humour. They're big kids, but they're adults. Um, yeah, I love it. And and their opinions on things are just. I agree with them so much in what they say with everything. I've I've watched very little of it over the years. Mm. Very, very minuscule bits of episodes. I've never even sat through a full episode. But the one thing that I picked up on very quickly that I always believed has been the key to this behemoth success that the show has had is the fact that those three guys have such a passion for it. Mm. And I think that that is the spark that draws people in. It's not necessarily about what they're talking about. It's about watching these three guys who get to live out their fantasy and get to share their passion with the world. Because if you're that passionate about something and you're interested Mm. in it, you will make other people interested. Favorite episodes for me. Um, Anytime they've they've had a challenge where they've had to drive um, shit cars, basically, I think is great. It's one thing that the new show... (laughs) The Grand Tour misses out on. They they don't go back to this idea of driving crap things and, you know, finding this soul in something that's crap, but but willing it on and having a great time with it or modifying it to make it something else. Um, to name two, the Botswana special and the Vietnam special where they actually had motorbikes, not even cars. Um, yeah, most of their, their, their road trip challenges I love so much, but they're two just to, just to name a few. Uh, on to our top threes. We're into our top three. That's, um, I mean, I, I say that that's gone quickly, but I'm very conscious of the time now that it's been pointed out to me. 
It doesn't matter though, you were right, we can go on. I like the idea of us doing a bumper episode. We haven't done a big episode in a very long no, that's time. True. And that's okay. Not since episode two, I think. Yeah. Alright. Num- number three on my list is Seinfeld. Of course it is. Of course it is. I am mm. a very big fan of Seinfeld. The the wit, the humour, the observational humour of Jerry Seinfeld, just even in his stand-up specials, is magnificent. The fact that he was able to take that and translate it to a television series, truly spectacular. Um, I'm sure many of you are already familiar with the show and have seen plenty of episodes, so I don't need to go into any of that. Favourite season, season four. The yep. reason why season four is my favourite is because they went meta for an entire season. So the show already talks about the fact that Jerry's a, a comedian living in New York, much like True to Life Tale. But season four, they decided to address what really happened, that he was approached by executives at NBC about turning his particular brand of comedy into a television series and making a pilot about it and about the friends he lives with and his neighbors and you know all of that so they they went and did that for an entire season on the show and had you know the the pitch and they went and made made a pilot episode and they had actors come and be george and kramer and elaine and and it was brilliant um as for a favorite episode uh, Mine's the pen. The pen is excellent, isn't it? Yeah. Um, look, mine mine could be any number of them. I'll, I'll, I think I'll place my number one episode as the contest mm-hmm. because it's just iconic. It managed to tackle something that should not have ever made its way to television, no. especially in in the year of my birth, ninety two. And yet it did. And the condition they were given from the network was, you can't say the word. (laughs) That was all they were told. They were like, you can't say the word. You can do it. If you can do it without ever saying the word, (laughs) then you're fine. And they did. And I think the episode won an Emmy. I've got to go back and and rewatch all of Seinfeld again. I think I've only ever seen it in like bits and pieces and never in the full order or the the, the order that it was. When you watch it from beginning to end, it's incredible. And it's a cyclic show as well because the final... The final piece of dialogue in the final episode links directly back because it's the first piece of dialogue from the first ep- ever episode. Okay. Well, they have the same conversation beginning I to end. I never knew that. So there you go. I've got to do that. Yeah. Number three. Number three for me is Impractical Jokers. Of course. Um, my mother hates Impractical Jokers. She thinks it's awkward and cringeworthy. I love it almost for that reason. I also love it because it's innocent. I love it because these are four genuine friends that were trying to come up with ideas for how to get a television show or how to how to make it in these this this performance career um and this was i think their last ditch effort they were like let's just submit this one last idea and it it won um again it's that candid camera sort of sort of show but as they say that the jokes on them not the the public um the public are just there almost as a tool to make themselves look ridiculous. Yeah. So I love that. There's never any malice towards the public. There's no, never there's any not. the public are never kind of given the the the, the, the wrong end of the stick or or the never never no. cop anything bad. They only ever 
Again, they're just a tool to make themselves look ridiculous. Yeah, the, and the public's there in service of the show. Really. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I love it. The way that they are genuinely friends, the way that as the mm. show goes on, it almost starts to become less about the challenges and you start to see more and more kind of behind-the-scenes footage of them and you see the way they interact with each other and it just it gets funnier. You, you almost feel like you are you know these people and you're friends with them because they're not acting as anyone else they are genuinely them and they know the best way to make themselves feel uncomfortable or make themselves crack in public mm. so they know each other better than than anyone else so yeah it feels real and they always say after a live show when they're having meet and greets people come up to them and, and recite memories and stuff and say Remember when you guys did this? And they and they remember those moments themselves as just what they did in their life. But uh, everyone else knows it as what they did saw on the show. And so they, they love the idea that people feel like they're a part of their friendship. It's a great experience. Yeah. yeah. So I love watching it and love that we all watch it here. Um, glad to have people that, that like to watch it because, yeah, I love the show yeah, so much. We try and get together every couple of weeks and have a night and watch it all. Exactly. Favorite episode... Uh, not really don't really have one i think see favorite season would be season four or five i think would be my favorites um i have a favorite punishment and that's the permanent punishment when three of the guys get permanent tattoos tattooed onto them (laughs) and one of them them gets a tattoo of jaden smith for no other reason than it's funny (laughs) i just love it so much and to see the look on the person who didn't get tattooed, the, how hard they're laughing. You just know how genuine laughter and a moment that was for them. Yeah, I'd love Impractical you, you Jokers so much. You can't fake that either. No. Uh, one, one good thing to say about Impractical Jokers as well is that lots of people that... Um, the, the guys have commented on the fact that they're so humbled by the reaction that they get from people that watch the show. Mm. Even people that that have suffered loss in their life or are going through incredibly tough times have come out of those those moments of feeling alone or lost because of the show. Um, and yeah, it, it, again, it's because you feel like you have friends when you don't. You might not have people in your life that you need. So, Impractical Jokers number three. Excellent. Your your number two. My number two is ironically it, it has a phrase for two in its title: Twin Peaks. There it is. Twin Peaks. Um, what can I say about Twin Peaks? Um, I can't give away any kind of plot because you haven't watched <laughs> no, it yet. Um, and I'm sure many of our listeners haven't either. Um, Twin Peaks takes place in a small... What is it? The Pacific Northwest. It, so up... Way, way up north um, in the US. Sort of toward the Canadian border. North of Washington. Seattle. Yeah, Washington State. A... The the home, the home, was it the homecoming queen? Yeah, Laura Palmer is found washed ashore in the town, dead, wrapped in plastic, and so FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper is sent to the town to investigate the murder. As he begins to investigate the murder, he starts unraveling the secrets of the town and realizes that there may be more at work here, and that there is something supernatural going on in the town. That's an interesting, uh, that's a good blurb, I guess. That's, that's... It's it's an interesting show. The show ran for two seasons and ended on a rather, uh, rather brutal cliffhanger 
at the very end, and tucked away within that final episode was a comment from a character that said, I'll see you in 25 years. Mostly a throwaway line. Um, A year after the show ended, they made a prequel film that delved into the week before the show started, into the death of Laura Palmer. But no one really thought anything until 25 years later, the show returned for season three with the entire original cast. That's fantastic. The fact that everyone came back. They all came back. And look, we've talked about shows like Game of Thrones and Dexter and and these long format shows that we love so much. Twin Peaks is the one that started it all. It was the first big long format show. It was the first um, syndicated... Yeah, yeah, it went into syndication. Yeah, it was the first big show that that was made by a filmmaker who had stepped out of the film world to make a television series. And more than that, to make a television series in the vein of a movie mm. and to have that kind of production to it. So we wouldn't have these these shows that we love now without this. This was the trailblazer. This was the one that started it all. I've watched it a couple of times now. I can't get over how weird and wonderful it is all from the brilliant twisted mind of david lynch who is just an incredible filmmaker absolutely phenomenal the show is amazing the music of the show is amazing i actually have all the music for the show and its various seasons and movie on vinyl because they put it out on vinyl and it sounds incredible and I really look forward to you starting to watch I, it I soon. do want to watch it. I, yeah, we'll definitely, because definitely it, will. It's a murder mystery that keeps you guessing. And I said before about the water cooler. Mm. This was the water cooler show. People would get together and go, oh, who, who killed Laura Palmer? Like, it, it was this big question that, that just drove people back to their television set every week. I, I will watch it. I know I will. The impact will. of a show like that, it, it's staggering. And the fact that people are still talking about it mm. this many years later. Yeah. It's I'll, amazing. I'll get there. I will watch it. I promise I'll watch it. There's no real favorite season or episode to this. I don't believe. I think that they, because it's one continuous story mm. that starts with, with its prequel film and then all three seasons together. There is a special mention for episode eight of season three because it's actually been hailed by the critics and audiences as one of the greatest episodes of television ever made. Okay. Oh, oh. A truly incredible piece of filmmaking there. Keep an eye out. I will watch it, though. I will, I promise. I, I know. I have um, faith in you. <laughs> my number two is The Office. The Excellent. US Office. It's, it's right up there for me. Because it's, you need to watch the British one still. Yeah, I know. Yeah, And it is. Look, The US Office is so good um the relationship that all these people have with with their peers in an office they're not friends outside of work they're just peers and the way that they they're all there for the same reason they just they're at work that's it but they all have such interesting relationships and they're all such interesting weird or just interesting characters some of them weird um the way michael scott played by steve carell just kind of is this fool who's a child and an idiot, yet at times just brilliant. Has this passion for his mundane work life. Yeah, and he's just so excited by all of it. And even characters like Dwight Schrute, who's just a, a total weirdo, but 
so good at what he does. Like he almost sees past people and can get ahead of everyone. Yet he's he a, a definitely total sees past people. But he's just totally a, a, a weirdo. He is. Um, it's hilarious, and I've watched it for so long, and I've watched it through so many times. I think in its entirety, I've watched it through uh, probably three or four times. Um, that's a fair effort. individual episodes I think the count's probably up at Way around at 10 or 12 for, for individual episodes um, favourite episodes it's got to be a Dinner Party or First Aid which um, <laughs> yeah for, Dinner party because it's just awkward and the way that Michael Scott and his it was girlfriend... so painful. Yeah, the way his girlfriend Jan, who's out of work, just kind of awkwardly fumble their way through a dinner party and make everyone feel uncomfortable the whole time. But it feels so real I as well. I struggled watching that one. And then even um, at first aid, Stanley has a heart attack and then they get someone in from <laughs> Red Cross to do, do CPR training. And Dwight and, has to... Uh... And then it ends with a, a roast of Michael Scott and he gets so upset and offended by it all. Yeah, I, I love The Office. Look, I struggled it's with great. the last two seasons. Um, they changed the way the characters were. They changed all of their, their kind of personalities in a way, made them all feel a bit more dumber to try and fill the hole or the void left by the fact that Steve Carell left yeah. the show. Um, and I think they should have wrapped it up there, but... That's uh, the problem. They've made them dumber. And the whole charm of Steve Carell is that he's... He is the dumb one in amongst these rather intelligent people. But he's an intelligent person that makes dumb choices. Mm. Now they're just making intelligent people dumb. Yeah, which which annoys me and upsets me. There are still some humdinger episodes in there. Oh, there are. But, yeah, the show was was a little bit lost from that point. Um, Andy's party at Shroot Farms. (laughs) Yeah. That was incredible. Uh, Yeah, look, there's some, some winners left, but, yeah, The Office... It's up there at number two for me. That's a decent effort. And now, number one. Number one. Number one for me is How I Met Your Mother. Wow, I didn't think that would be up there. I think didn't think that would be number one. I, I've been, I think I've been in denial about it for a very long time, but it is my number one show. It's the show I've watched through the most times. I think I'm currently... I think I've watched it through eight or nine times. I've never watched it fully through once. And it's and it's like eight or nine seasons. I've watched it through a lot. It's I I don't I don't quite know what it is about it. I am someone that I, I love all the romantic films and shows, and I love rom coms and all of that. They're fun, and I like romantic stuff. It's I do. But this show tells such a wonderful story because it it's so much about... it. The title is about the destination. The show is about the journey. Aww. And contrary to everyone else, I love the ending. So many mm. people hated the ending. And I've argued from the moment that ending aired that it was the perfect ending. It's a sweet ending. And it made perfect sense. Because it ties directly to the first episode beautifully. Yeah. Everything clicks. I won't say the ending because even though the show ended so many years ago, I am certain there are still people out there that have not seen it and don't want to have it spoiled for them. But I believe the ending is perfect and that 
the first episode was perfect and that every episode in between is perfect. Why is... Yeah, I think it's a great ink. Why is the voice different to Ted's voice? I think they decided early on that they wanted Ted to sound a bit older. But he's not. When, when we see it, he is older, but... Yeah, they well, they decided by the end to just keep Josh Radnor uh, when they decided to show him telling the story at the end. But if you notice, the voiceover in that final episode is him. It's not Bob Saget. Yeah. They actually got him, and, and it's a very smooth transition doing yeah. it. Okay. i got to look out for that. Favorite season and episode? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what my favorite season or episode of that show would be. There's been so many great episodes. Pro- probably one of the slap episodes would, would be a number one. <laughs> Maybe Slapsgiving. That, that was fun. I don't know. I I've, I genuinely I love everything about this show. I love every episode. I love every season. I can quote a ton of different moments from it. I love all five of them, all six of them. Once the mother joins, and it's such a seamless transition when she finally joins the show. It's like she was there the whole time. Everything was written perfectly. Every minute detail, it all weaves in. A wonderful show. I've been meaning to go back and watch it properly, start to finish. So I will get around to that one day. It'll be worth it. Number one for me is The Simpsons. <gasps> the Simpsons. Excellent. It's got to be The Simpsons. Look. Wait, wait. Excellent. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's. Look, The Simpsons isn't what it used to be now, and we all know that, and we're all saddened by that, and I I haven't watched an episode of The Simpsons, a new episode of The Simpsons in years now, but... Yeah, neither have I. But The Simpsons is number one. It was my six o'clock every weeknight to go from watching kids shows on ABC to quickly changing it over and watching The Simpsons. Um, you know, it, it, it is... It's the everything show, it's this sitcom but it's also just this series of this family with an idiot father who are just middle class and you know pushing the barriers of of poor even but they just it's a cartoon and it's funny and it is what's there to say about the simpsons it's just i love it so much i don't quite know how you would describe it 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 was this thing that that just crept up and I think people related to it from the very mm. beginning when when it was the shorts on the Tracy Ullman show yeah. people related to it straight away and Matt Groening his influence of animation and the shows he loved you can see where where it takes hold in the Simpsons and even more so in Futurama mm. which uh, I, I I would say both these shows they he's just poured his heart and soul into it and Again, it's that passion that when you show your passion, it gets other people mm. passionate. And I think he, he truly, his love of cartoons and of life has seeped into this cartoon series that, how many seasons is it at now? It's the longest running yeah. sitcom in history. Yeah, I think it's got to be over, I think it's creeping up on 30 even. Unless it's and, that's, it. and that's incredible that, that it can still do it. And 
like you, I haven't watched for years, but the fact that it's still going means there is still an audience there mm. that is still connecting with this show every week. Mm. And for a, for an animated yellow family, mm. to, one, to be one of which with blue hair, yeah, it's still chugging along. And what a memorable show. And, and there's so many moments and highlights. And again, it's almost impossible to pick a favorite. And the fact that they made a movie in the middle and still managed to keep going... Mm. successfully I, I, with I, it. I think they've always they'd already always said beforehand that they'll do the movie after the show finishes instead they did the movie and kept the show going I almost think that the Simpsons should have stopped the season before the movie I think that was kind of its time yep um, but, yeah. it's, but it's kept going on and on and on since then which is a bit sad for it because I haven't watched it really I since I think I watched about two seasons after that and I stopped I would have asked it maybe three seasons after the movie mm. Um, but look irrelevant that if there's another Simpsons movie I'd go and see it I didn't see the first one in the cinemas and I'm sad that I didn't um, oh I really feel for you yeah but uh, look I'll go and I, I would watch another movie um, I might even one day watch these episodes but the Simpsons favourite episode and season like I said it's almost impossible I have favourite quotes have you, have you got one but no I don't have favourite movie I think season 13 11 or 13 11 12 or 13 is probably my favourite season um but yeah, I mean the show. It's moments. There's no favorite episode. I don't think I have one. Okay, when they go to Italy to pick up Mr. Burns's car, the Lamborghini Fastarossa. <laughs> that is that is easily my favorite episode. Yeah, and, and they encounter sideshow Bob and, and his, his baby or child. Parfala vendetta. Parfala vendetta. It's a great show. And he the sings, Simpsons. He sings Pagliacci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Simpsons is is going to be there for for life. I think it's just got its spot there for different reasons. It's there again. It's my six o'clock. It's nostalgia. It's it's quotable. It's pop culture. It's everything. It's there. And that's, love it. And that's the whole point of this. Mm. That the, there were these shows that we just had that we connected with. Now, some notable mentions. Yep. I. I feel really bad because as soon as I start a list of notable mentions, there's going to be a hundred more that I w- mm-hmm. want to add to it later. Look, the ones I jotted down, Firefly, of course. Um, very sad that it didn't make the cut, but oh well. Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um, the animation team of the Rugrats was the animation team for The Simpsons mm-hmm. for the first several years. Mm. Um, Hogan's Heroes. So we're kicking back with a wonderful old show. If I could have the opportunity to bring back an old show as a movie, Hogan's Heroes would... I would... If I was given the keys to the kingdom, that'd that'd be it. I would kill to make a movie of that. The Jetsons. Mm Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yep. Yep. Uh, Home Improvement. Because Uh Tim Allen is one of our heroes. The Nanny. Yep. I love The Nanny. Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Faulty Towers. Yep. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep. Game of Thrones. Yep. Dexter. Yep. Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things is such a smash hit, yeah. isn't it? And House. Yep. Of course. My notable mentions, I've got Judge Judy. Of course, I love <laughs> How did Judy Judge not Judy. make the 10? I know, it was so hard not to oh, make the But it's squeaked in. So I've got it listed from 11 through to 15 here. So okay. that was okay. 11. That was 11. Yep. Uh, House, Breaking Bad for me, The Nanny, Lost. Um, what an excellent line! Look, there are there is also Mr. Bean didn't make it, but it and again it's just that that yeah it oh. always be be a favorite, but yeah, of course, mm. of 
course. Oh, the Vicar of Dibley. And yeah, all that sort we, of stuff. We could just do a whole episode on British comedy. And exactly. I, th- I think we might at some point. We, we will delve into our love even of British mod- comedy. Even more modern ones like um, Inbetweeners and stuff like that. Oh, I love it. Yes. So, you well, know. My, one of my current favorites, Cuckoo. Yes, yes. With Greg Davies from The Inbetweeners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But look, that's been that's been a wonderful 70 minutes of us rambling about our love of television shows. Mm. We would love to hear about your favorite shows. Of course, post them on our Facebook page if you have your top 10, if you want to have a crack at coming up with it. Um, it's hard. It's harder than you think. Might be easier than you think, but you know, we think it's quite difficult to As do. As people that watch a lot of shows, we, yeah. we found it really hard to do. Um, you almost feel uh, guilty not including things. You do. Um, even though it's a meaning- meaningless list that just applied to us too, but still, it, you feel guilty. Do you, do you know what's even harder? Picking our sick Kent of the week. I know. Oh, Jesus. And, and it's it's criminal because we've given it to Steve Carell before. I know. So we can't, we can't actually give it to count. Michael Scott. Who who did we have on our list? The, was there any other good crossover there that, that might have... Uh, might have we're studying our lists here. Um, oh no, I I think I'm I'm pretty happy if we gave it to um, your number eight. Oh my number your, eight, your, your mate number eight. <laughs> you mean uh, old Glenn Robbins there, old uh, Glenn Robbins, aka Russell Coit. Of course, because he was both Kel on Kath and Kim. He was. And he was <laughs> Russell Coit. And, on all Aussie Adventures. And while neither Kath and Kim nor All Aussie Adventures made my top ten, they, they would be my notable mentions because as far as Aussie comedy goes, it's it's somewhat of a gold standard. And mm. he has been such a Driving fantastic... Well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm very happy if he takes the cake. Done. Done. Glenn Robbins, you are sick Kent of the week. You are sick Kent in general. And Just, thank you... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this, guys. We appreciate it. Um, again, we'd love to hear your top tens on our Facebook page or do as you always do and do nothing. Um, anyway, till we meet again. Uh, yep. Yep.